Hello, this is Paul Kapow, Kapow Radio Show. This episode of why this verse is awesome, or what makes this verse awesome. I want to talk about Galatians chapter 1. We're going to go through verses 1 through eh, 9. Yes, 1 through 9. I'm going to tell you why it's awesome. I'm going to tell you up front why it's awesome before I read it. Because it gives you the blueprint. It gives you the formula in detecting false doctrine. It gives you the mathematical formula on what to look for when you're confused because something sounds right or parts of it may be right and you don't quite know what to do. So I'm going to read the passage and then we'll get right into it. Galatians chapter 1. Verse 1 starts off with Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. That's his opening. He gets right into it. Verse 3 says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 4, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. I'm going to get back and talk about that in a second. Verse 5, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Verse 6, Paul says to them, I marvel, I'm astonished, I'm amazed that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Verse 7, which is not another gospel, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Verse 8, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Verse 9, as we said before, so I say now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you, then that you have received, let him be accursed. All right, so that's the text for today. So let's look at this very carefully and see what we have here. Uh, in the church of Galatia, they were Gentiles that Paul had reached out to and preached the gospel of Christ, that salvation comes through Jesus Christ, the belief that Jesus Christ was the Messiah sent by God, the Father, Yahweh, the Creator God, the Almighty God. And that was the way to the Father now, not through law or through religious ritual or works, but by faith in Christ, by faith in Messiah, that God had provided him as the final sacrifice that would appease God's wrath for our sin, right? And deliver us from this evil present time. That's the gospel message. That's the gospel message. So it was happening here in Galatia as it was in a lot of churches in the first century and it never, uh, you know, stopped is that 
the Judaizers, what we now call the Judaizers, came back and said, you know, that's all fine and dandy with the, the Messiah and God and everything, but we still need to keep the ritualistic law of Moses, the law of Moses. You got to understand that when this was written, the temple still stood. This was before AD 70. There was a temple, there was a priesthood, there was a sacrificial system, and everything remained the same as it had for thousands of years. So, I mean, you can imagine and really try to put yourself into this this place of these young Christians hearing the gospel for the first time, but yet the system still existed that you approached God through the Levitical system and the law of Moses. And now this guy is telling you, yeah, you don't have to do that no more. It's just faith in Christ. But yet the system still exists. So people were coming, Judaizers were coming uh, to these new converts and saying, you still need to be circumcised um, or you still need to be, you know, give animal sacrifices and, and whatnot in the temple system. And even there was some confusion with Paul where they accused him of kind of uh, having a two face there. Cause at one point he'd say, you don't need the law. Then the next point, you know, he had Timothy circumcised to appease some of the Jews. And there's some issues here in this early church here. So this is where they're at. So Paul, we'll start with verse four where he says, uh, he talks about the Jesus Christ. He talks about God, the father who gave himself, Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present, not a future, uh, but this present evil world. Of course, it was evil and present in Paul's day, 1900 years ago, and it still is evil and present in our day in 2021. And the deliverance is according to the will of God, the Almighty and our Father, who is our Father. Uh, what's important about this is this really is Paul presents the gospel again in a, in a nutshell. He says the present evil age. It's uh, it's not the it, it's the King James has it. Um, deliver us from this present evil world. The King James writes that, but the the Greek word is eon or aeon. It's age. It's age, uh, which encompasses the world cosmology and everything we live in. But it's the evil age, present evil age. So we have to understand that deliverance or salvation is not just eternal life in the heavenlies. It's um, it's not just pie in the sky. It The deliverance absolutely includes salvation from this present evil age. Um which, which the other side of the coin is if, if you need deliverance from it, if you need salvation from the evil age, the other side of the coin is, is that this evil age will destroy you. It's something that you need to be saved from. So you can't um, be in the world. It's, it's not enough just to read those scriptures and say, you know, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed in Christ. It's not, it's not just, um, you know, I throw a little Jesus on my breakfast and I'll be fine. There, there's a real problem with the present evil age. It's going to kill you. <laughs> it's going to destroy you, uh, not just here, but for eternity. So we need salvation from now, <laughs> from right here. Isn't that the truth? I could probably hear a big amen out there. 
you know, unless, unless you think everything's fine and you think the American government's fine and you think the president's fine and you think Afghanistan's fine and you think COVID and vaccinations are fine and mass wearing um, food shortages, they're here, folks. Um, I don't know. I don't know if you're still asleep or you woke up or what, but the shortages are here. Um, the inflation's crazy. There's a housing market's going to crash at any point. I mean, it's all here. It's a present evil age. Um, if we ever get out of it, who knows? But um, it's here. And it was evil and present in Paul's day, too. Because, see, maybe they didn't have COVID back then, but they had the Roman uh, government uh, and they had uh, the uh, uh, the Jewish uh, religious leaders who were anti-Christian uh, because it was a it was a, a blasphemous sect to them and they were they were killing them throwing them in lines dens and seizing all their property and stuff so it's still a present evil age no matter how you slice it and we need deliverance from it and this is part of the gospel message. It's going to devour and destroy all humanity that's going to be delivered from it. So Paul gives this very succinct gospel message up front that Christ gave himself. In other words, this is a sacrificial giving. It, it, it was something that he gave as a sacrifice in, in place of our sin to appease God's wrath. That's why there's no blood or goats. He was the final Paschal lamb. And to deliver us from this present evil world. And that's according to the will of God and our own father. God willed that. All right. And Paul says to whom glory be forever and ever. So in verse six, Paul says a marvel that you are so soon removed. The Greek word there is, is so transported. You exchanged, you changed, you, you perverted, you carried over. You, you turned away from him. That called you, right? That that called you, that called you out for salvation and gave you faith to be saved. That called you into the grace of Messiah. And these aren't people just professing to be Christians or playing church, uh, you know, in a big mega church on a Sunday morning in, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina or something. These people are, um, were called <laughs> to the grace of Christ. And now they're, they're soon removed. Who removed them? They removed themselves. Where did they go? They removed themselves into another gospel. The Greek word is heteros. It means a different, or I like this, altered or strange. But I like the term altered rather than another gospel because even Paul realized there is no other gospel. Another gospel is really not another so when you use the word altered, it in the English sense, it makes more sense that these people removed themselves from the calling into Messiah of Christ into a altered gospel, an altered gospel. Hmm. So let's look at this here. Okay. So another gospel is an altered gospel. Here's the formula that I want to give you. Here's a mathematical formula. Write this down. You're going to write, write this down on your iPad note section. You're going to need this. The formula is this. The gospel plus something else equals an altered gospel. You got that? Write that down. Tattoo it on your uh, neck. Once you get a face tattoo, get one of those Christian face, get a cross and a dove, and then tattoo this right on your face. Gospel plus something else, anything else, it's gospel 
Jesus Christ came and was your final sacrifice to appease the wrath of God so you could be delivered from this world. And then add something to it. By doing that, you alter it or you pervert it. In other words, an altered gospel will always contain this. Here's the formula, folks. Wake up and listen to me. Here's the formula. I'm only going to give it to you this time. It's truth plus error. All right, I'll give it to you again. Truth plus error. The gospel plus something else. The gospel is the truth plus error. The something else is always going to be error because there can only be one gospel. You, you understand that? Truth plus error. Years ago, some of you may remember uh, Karel Mastrasciano. She was uh, she was she was really big um, in the in the Christian circuit, especially the Calvary Chapel circuit. She she's the one that really single handedly in the in the Christian world exposed Harry Potter back then. Um, the pagan uh, roots of Christmas and of course, Halloween and things like that. And her whole ministry was, um, you know, discerning, uh, of the, of the church discerning, uh, this new age. She was, um, um, English, but she was raised in India. So she knew a lot about the new age and Hinduism and stuff. Anyway, uh, Carell and, uh, and I, and, and, and Linda, we became friends, uh, because we lived about 30 minutes, um, from each other. We didn't know that. And I had reached out when I had a burden about something that God gave me back in 2006. And, uh, she was the only minister. She was the only ministry that would take that burden on. And so I ended up kind of being a writer for her and a ghost writer and working with her on a lot of things, but she kind of took us under her wing. I mean, we've had dinner at her house and the whole bit and, um, and she considered us friends and we were friends and she was actually the very first guest I had on the Kapow radio show in uh, late 2011 was Carell Mastriano talking about uh, the new age. She has some great videos that you can still find on YouTube. Just fantastic. Uh, White is the gate was one of her last ones that was just dynamite. And it, it talks about the church going sideways and it was actually very prophetic and predictive because in fact it did. Carell's no longer with us. She's uh, with the Lord. She died some years ago, but I tell you all this to say this at one point she was, she was researching the heretic Todd Bentley, the Lakeland revival guy. And she was, she, he was in California and he was doing a big, um, you know, crazy heretic uh, seminar or whatever. And her and another well-known uh, minister went to the Todd Bentley show to research it because she was doing a movie she was a christian filmmaker the real deal not this phony stuff you have today but she was the real deal and she um she went to research it and she was telling linda and i uh when she came back she said that she had never heard remember this this todd bentley's a total heretic total nut bucket demon possessed kook but when she went to his show she had never heard the gospel presented in such a concise, understandable, meaningful, powerful way. <laughs> and it was confusing to her. And it was confusing to us to hear that because, well, something happened to her. He laid hands on all these ministers. And when they were driving home, they literally got sick of the stomach, had to pull over and throw up and stuff. They had all kinds of Kundalini experiences, bad experiences from going to the Todd Bentley thing. 
And uh, it was probably God <laughs> telling him, uh, stop this nonsense. You don't need to research this crap by being part of it. Anyway, that's my opinion, not of God. Anyway, so, but the thing, uh, the point I want to get is that she was amazed how the gospel was presented by this heretic in such an accurate, beautiful, concise, meaningful way that it was confusing. So like, how could this guy be so wrong? How could he be such a hard, how could everything else he's saying be wrong when he can preach the gospel so, so well? So what we have to understand in this passage here, Paul is saying the same thing. He's saying, there's a gospel, but you're hearing another gospel, which is not another. You see, you're hearing an altered gospel. You see, if Todd Bentley or any preacher or anybody presents you with with a heresy, right? Something that's just not biblical, it's just not right. If they come straight out and say, hey, brother Kapow, um, God told me that you need to uh, give me all your money. <laughs> you need to give me to support my ministry and buy airplanes. I'm going to look at him and say, you're out of your gourd. You know, God didn't tell you that you're a heretic. But if he comes to me and he says, brother Kapow, isn't Jesus good? Didn't Jesus save our souls? Did Jesus was the final sacrifice? Isn't salvation wonderful? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. And he gives me truth. If he gives me the truth of the gospel, then I'm like, yeah, but then he does the math plus something else. Jesus is good. Jesus died for our sins. We love Jesus. Don't we love Jesus? We love Jesus. We love what God did for us. He's a great, he got, he's a final sacrifice. Oh, wow. Right. You're called unto God. So he gives you all the truth and Jesus also needs your money through, through me. I need a plane to preach Jesus. So he's added his prosperity gospel to the gospel of Christ. So it's another gospel, but there is no other gospel. It's just a gospel that's been altered. The mathematical formula, once again, is the gospel plus something else equals an altered gospel. It's truth plus error. Just because you hear the truth, just because you go, but um, they do great things for the Lord. A lot of young people come to Jesus or they have a great ministry in Thailand or, I mean, you fill in the blanks just because oh, they feed the poor and the homeless and they've, they've done so much, you know, and they give, they give Bibles out and so many people have come to, to this university or whatever, just because they do good things or there's gospel, there's truth. What you have to look at is not the similarities, but the differences. What's the other that's added to that? Because the gospel of Christ is very simple. You're born into sin. You're in a very present evil world. You need deliverance from it. There's only one way you're going to get delivered. Only the father can deliver you by his will. And he provided that way through his Messiah. It's very simple. So if you add anything else to it, that well, you but to access that or to keep that you need to do one two or three you need to do this law or this ritual or do this or that well now you have an altered gospel in verse seven paul says which is not another gospel now the greek word is a, is the different word than the another uh heteros that was used in verse six even though our, the english translators translated both another 
the first one was, like I said, heteros. It means altered. It's different. It's altered. It's something else. Then Paul says, which is not another. He uses a different Greek word. It's called alos. And that means uh, different. It means um, it, it's, it's, an, it's an other, another. It's, it's some other. So he says, which is not really some other. But there be some, there's some people in, in his day that troubled the Galatian church. What does that mean? They, they agitated them. They're, they're troubling. It was like boiling water. Uh, they're steering the pot and would pervert. Now this is key and would pervert the gospel of Christ. This is why I'm giving you the mathematical formula. Paul starts off giving you the pure gospel. And then he says, you were called unto grace, but there's another gospel. That's not a really another gospel. It's an altered gospel. And these people that are giving you that altered gospel are steering you up, causing you trouble because they would pervert the gospel of Christ. When you got perversion, it's the gospel plus something else. It's truth plus error. I, I can't really stress that enough. That's why I talked about Carell's story. Um, she hears Todd Bentley giving the most concise, beautiful, understandable gospel message she has ever heard, you know, in her 50 year Christian career. But yet the guy's a total heretic, crazy, demon possessed nut bucket. How does that happen? Because Satan don't care if you hear the gospel. <laughs> Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. The demons don't care if you hurt the God, you hear the gospel. They just don't want you to accept the pure gospel of Christ unto salvation. They love to use the gospel and give a little error with it a little troubling to send you sideways so you never understand what the true gospel is. And so now you're working yourself to heaven or you're giving money to get to heaven or you're, you're doing like the Mormons do. And you know, you, you I heard Donnie Osmond on an interview uh, and the interviewer says, you know, some people say that you're not, uh, you're not Christian because you're Mormon and you're not, a, you know, you guys aren't Christian. And Donnie Osmond looked at this interview and he says, that's the most ridiculous thing I ever heard that we're not Christian. We go to a church that's called Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The name Jesus Christ is right in the name of our church. How could we not be Christian? And the interviewer was like, yeah, well, yeah. Huh? And they all laughed. 
Donnie Osmond's a Christian just like everybody else is a Christian because Jesus Christ is is in the name of the Mormon church. You see, now I, I don't know, you know, I've never been to a Mormon church. I don't know. They're good people. I, I like the, the, the religious people. They're very good people. They've treated me very well. Um, but somewhere in their, in their teaching, they teach about Christ. And I'm sure they teach about Christ on the cross and salvation. I'm sure they teach all that stuff, just like a regular church. But they also teach that you need to wear special underwear all the time for like fire insurance. They also teach that, you know, if you get elevated to a certain level, you're going to get your own planet and have your own spirit wife and create more spirit children who then come down and inhabit more human bodies that become Mormon. They believe a lot of error and crazy stuff mixed with the truth. It's a prime example. I'm not picking on the Mormons. Catholicism is the same way. You talk to any good Catholic, they're going to talk about Jesus Christ that he died for your sins and everything. And he, Christ is the mediator between God and man. And he was the Paschal lamb sacrifice. Great, great. That's perfect. That's the gospel message. But then they're also going to tell you, but there's other mediators. I got Mary who's kind of ahead of Jesus. And I got, you know, I got St. Bernard who's like the dog mediator, but you know, yeah, I mean, it goes on and on. I got saints, um, you know, and, and then I got a, you know, priest and it's truth plus error, truth plus error. So to pervert the gospel is, the Greek is met, um, metastrepho, metastrepho, like to, mes, like to mes, metastasize, like cancer. It means to turn it around, to turn around, to pervert it, um, to corrupt it. It's pretty clear. And Paul says, uh, which is not another gospel, but there are some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. So here we got pervert. The gospel is the key here. It is the truth plus perversion. It's truth plus error. Um, it's the perversion of truth. It's the devil's math. This is the formula. That's why I say you need to tattoo it on your head because it's easy to go sideways. It's easy to see good people or a good ministry or a good organization or a good book. Oh my gosh, there's so many good books or a good Christian movie or good something. And you say, but they talk about Jesus. They show Jesus on the cross. But what you got to look at, you can't look at the similarities. You got to see what makes it different. The only way you're going to see the, the counterfeit is by studying the true. You know, in, in police work, when they teach you how to, to, to understand um well, I worked narcotics for years. I worked narcotics undercover for years as a police in police work. I, that was the majority of my career was dope investigations. And when I was a young policeman, you know, these these dopers in Long Beach would, uh, you know, you'd go there and try to make a buy from them. And they knew you were stupid, you know, out of the area. You know, you weren't you weren't from the hood or whatever. And they would sell you um uh, you know, for $20, a dove, a rock of rock cocaine. And it looked like rock cocaine and it was packaged and everything. And you'd give them 20 bucks and drive off. When you back to the police station, uh, you tested it and it was, um, it wasn't cocaine. It was a macadamia nut because a macadamia nut peeled in, in, a, in a plastic bag under dark streetlights in the city of Long Beach at four o'clock in the morning, looks like rock cocaine. So, you know, you, you have to get trained on what real rock cocaine looks like, how it feels in your hands. Take it out of the package. You got to you got to scrape it with your nail. You don't taste it or anything like the movies, but you got to You got to you got to know that it's real cocaine before you buy it. 
And the only way you do that is by studying the real Coke uh, so you won't get filled by the, fooled by the counterfeit. Same thing with money. You've got to understand what a real $100 bill looks like so you don't get fooled by a phony counterfeit $100 bill. So same thing with the gospel. You've got to know what the real gospel of Christ is and what Christ did for you and what God did for you through his Messiah, using his Messiah, in order to understand any false error added to it. All right? Perversion. Okay, so Paul in verse 8 says, but though we, he's talking about himself and all the witnesses that are with him, or an angel. This is the highest authority from heaven outside of God, Christ, and now you got an angel. You got the third guy in command, an angel from heaven, preach. If they declare any other gospel, any other truth to you, other than that which we have already preached to you, declared to you, you know what Paul says? He doesn't say, well, then, you know, it's okay. Figure it out. Um, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. Just continue to go to that, um, you know, heresy uh, teaching church and let gold dust fall on you and little feathers and all that. Let the glory cloud just come on you. It's going to be okay. The Lord understands. He doesn't say that. You know what he says? He says, let him, let you be cursed. Oh, God, that's heavy. Oh, my God. Anathema. Paul, how could you be so mean? This is bound under a curse. He curses you, but you're going to be cursed. You were once concentrated, consecrated to God. You were once uh, called to Messiah. God called you to salvation, and you throw it away because you don't know how to do math. You do uh, gospel plus error. So none of us want to be in that position. That's what I'm saying. Tattoo this on your head. This is the formula. This is how we, dude, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I mean, I know this stuff, but it, it's easy for me to get sidetracked sometimes because I'm like, gosh, I'm too mean on people. I'm too harsh on, you know, ministers and, you know, you know, like, you know don't judge another's master and uh, who are you to judge? Right. And I'd get like that. And so I try to cut them some slack. You know, Mormon people are good people. I know, you know, the Mormons did more for me than the Christian church did, you know, when my wife was sick, you know, they really did. Well, was that because they were Mormons or they just had a better medical system? Well, they had a better medical system, right? But, you know, they, and so it's easy to go, well, you know, they believe in Jesus and who am I to say that, you know, there's a real Jesus because the pure gospel says, all you have to do is believe in faith in Christ. And so they add some other stuff into it. That's between them and God, right? So you can do this in your head and justify this all day long. Maybe I should go to a Mormon church and, you know, give 10% of my tithe to the Mormons and build a temple and, and oh man, and wear some special underwear and you know, research my ancestors. And, you know, maybe I should do all that stuff and uh, make sure they get to heaven and out of purgatory. And it's easy to do. If you don't, you, you look at the pureness of the gospel. So, so Paul doesn't say it's okay. He doesn't say that, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you in all truth and, you know, you'll be able to you'll be able to explain it, Lucy, to God. You know, you got some explaining to do. You know, it's going to be okay. No, he says you're cursed. He says let him be uh, cursed. Who's cursed? The person, the person preaching, declaring that perverted gospel, the altered gospel. Todd Bentley is cursed. Todd Bentley cursed. Himself, he allowed the curse to come up. But Todd Bentley's in a huge, huge eternal trouble. 
he's in trouble down here too. He's totally an idiot, but really your eternal life eternally in hell and torment because you want, you want to pervert the gospel of God. I mean, what kind of, you know, what kind of rocket scientist do you have to be? And so in verse nine, Paul says, as we said before, so I say now again. So Paul emphasizes this twice. This is verily, verily, I say unto you, this is heavy stuff. He says, if any man, not uh, just uh, the guy who did it by accident or the guy who didn't know or the guy who just needed to buy a new plane or the guy who really thought the glory cloud was on him or the guy who thought he had the double mountain mantle of Elijah on him. I don't know. If, but he says, of any, any human declare any altered gospel, any perverted gospel to you, then that you've already received. The real gospel you received. Let him be cursed and a Theba. No. And that's what makes this scripture so awesome because it gives you a mathematical formula you can tattoo on your face. Yeah, tattoo that right on your Christian face. Walk around the, the church and the bank and whatever with that tattooed on your face. That's my suggestion. And, um, Look down at it. Every time you look in the mirror, tattoo it backwards. So when you look at the mirror, it says gospel plus anything else equals altered gospel. Or truth plus error equals anathema. And Paul talked about those who pervert the gospel or are cursed. He didn't talk about those who listened to the cursed gospel, the perverted gospel. But he did say that they had removed themselves. They were removed from him that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel. That's heavy stuff, but it also makes the scripture awesome. All scripture is awesome and it's all heavy because it's not written in silliness and in emptiness and in vanity. It's it's written with purpose. So it's a lesson I want to keep in front of me because I do. Sometimes I, I forget because I, I get, I feel guilty sometimes. I feel like I'm too harsh on, on people. I try to cut them some slack. But you know what? It never works out. I, I always end up seeing them for what they are because it's a perverted gospel. So anyway, I hope that helps. Get that mathematical formula. I'm going to go, I'm going to get it tattooed on my uh, my neck. Right now, I'm going to the tattoo parlor. I'm going to get it tattooed on my neck. Backwards in, in, uh, in the Greek alphabet. It's going to be so cool. Yeah. People are going to go, what's that? What does that mean? I'm going, it means anathema. If I give you another gospel, they're going to go, cool, cool. Tell me about the pure gospel. And the whole world's going to get saved because of my neck tattoo. All right. Enough silliness here. Uh, God bless. And we'll talk to you next week.